Welcome to the Learning to Write podcast. My name is Jason Brooks. I'm a professional writer. I've been writing since 2008. Uh, I was a minister for 15 years, but I've always been a writer ever since I was a kid. Uh, one of the first things that I remember doing was creating stories in my head for the little action figures that I played with, whether it was G.I. Joe, Lego, Star Wars, didn't matter. I was coming up with new ways for familiar characters to interact together. Um, and that was really the beginning of, of my writing. As I got older, I transferred that into things like comic books, uh, cartoons. Uh, a friend of mine that lived across the street named Pete, he and I used to get together sometimes on Friday nights and we'd just draw cartoons, uh, one of which was called Stick Boy, our first character that we kind of invented. And um, it just became something that I loved doing. Uh, I even went to college um, and my BA is in English. So, uh, you know, writing has always been a part of my life, which is why I wanted to start this podcast, because I know that there are a lot of people out there for whom writing is really important. Um, it's either an exercise that helps them mentally get prepared for the day, or it's something that allows them to escape to their best selves. But one of the things about writing that's really, really challenging is um, just overcoming some of the doubts and struggles uh, we see writers that get um, famous or get promoted or, or get extolled as the, the type of writer that we all should strive for, whether it's a Stephen King or Jonathan Franzen, Nora Ephron, you name it. Um, obviously, I'm more of a populist than a, a literist, but I, you know, there are lots of folks for whom when they think writer, they think huge, big name. And they don't think about the average writer or the aspiring writer or the beginning writer who loves the craft and simply wants to make a difference with their words. And that's what this podcast is for. I, I wanted to talk to writers that I know that you've probably never heard of. Maybe you have, maybe you haven't. Uh, but I wanted to talk to writers that I know and just talk to them about the craft of writing. Why is it so important to them? Why does it matter to them? Why do they do what they do? And it's not just writing in the sense of prose. I, I'm going to talk to poets. I'm going to talk to songwriters. I'm going to talk to people who uh, you know, have never written a, a nonfiction uh, thing in their life. They stick straight uh, mainly to, to fiction or, or whatever. But I, I wanted to talk to a, a wide range of people. Um, and we're going to do things in a very specific way. Each writer will be asked the big five. So it's five questions that allows them to sort of share their personal journey of writing. They'll share with you a big idea, which is a piece of advice that they wish every writer would know. Uh, and then they're going to close with where you connect with them. So if you have a question about writing or if you want to talk to someone about their writing, you can connect with them on whatever social media handle website they may care to give, or if these people have a project that you can go check out, then you would be able to go and, and look at that project. So every interview that I do is going to sort of fall under that uh, category. And I've felt like it would be smart for me to begin by just sort of rolling through that list uh, myself. Um, you know, I, I don't know how many people will ever hear this episode, but Maybe you'll learn a little bit about my journey. You'll definitely learn more about me as the podcast continues because uh, these are going to be conversations. These are going to be uh, discussions between me and people that I know who love the craft as much as I do. Um, so there'll always be a little bit of 
me that comes out in each of these interviews. Uh, but the first question of the big five is why do you write? Um, and I write because I want to help people. Uh, as far back as when I was a kid, um, one of the things that I felt really strongly about was I wanted my life to have a purpose. I wanted my life to mean something. I wanted my life to achieve something. Um, and uh, when I was around 11 years old, I had a religious experience and a person of faith. Um, and, and I felt like in that moment that um, I had sort of been given this assurance that there was a reason and a purpose for my life. Now, I wasn't given uh, a verbatim reason and purpose, but just the assurance that there was something there. And, and over the years, especially as I got towards college, I started wondering, what is it that I'm, I'm here to do? And I went into ministry because that seemed to be the best uh, expression of that calling. Obviously, as a ministry, you help people. But what I really loved about ministry wasn't um, some of the standard stuff. What I loved about ministry was challenging people to think deeply, helping people expand their view of the world, seeing things through a much larger lens. And then really it got to be helping people see that um, they themselves had observations and thoughts about their own belief that were valuable and wise and um, worth sharing. And so sort of, I sort of started learning to, to draw out from other people um, their own insights and their own wisdom. Uh, and when I went into writing full time, I, my first job was with a uh, organization called RZIM. They were a Christian organization. They hired me to write their radio programs. And um, even though I only wrote the opens and the closes, the whole point was to be so snappy and sharp in the opens that people would listen to the message. And I had to really start thinking again about how do you draw people in uh, and help them realize that they have value uh, that can be added to this program, that what's going to be talked about on this program uh, was actually along the same lines of things that they had thought or things, questions that they had asked. And that just continued to snowball. Um, around the same time that I went into the radio gig, uh, I started a blog and just really started practicing writing every day. I tried to write 500 words every day. Um, some of those blogs have been lost to history. Uh, there's a gap between 2010 and 2016-ish where I had my own personal website. And um, a while back, I just let that thing go to the dustbin of history. It, it's no longer there. But uh, if you're interested, you can still go to southerngent.wordpress.com and you can find my early blog uh, and then there's still the current blog that I maintain, thevisionmechanic.wordpress.com. Uh, I don't write there much anymore, but that's still some examples of my work. Um, and again, as I practiced writing, as I was writing for work, um, even as I changed jobs, uh, my goal was still, I, I, there's something about writing and helping people understand their own value, their own power, their own wisdom. Um, it just resonated with me. And in 2015, I applied for a job with the John Maxwell company as a staff writer uh, and was hired on. And I've been with the company ever since. Now I am the executive vice president of content and publishing. 
Uh, I do a lot of writing for the company in a lot of various different ways. And it's a perfect alignment because my role at the company is to add value to people through content that helps them unlock their giftedness, helps them unlock their leadership potential, helps them discover who they are. Uh, and I have been able through this work to really winnow down my why, and that is to reflect what's brilliant in others. And so I write so that people can see themselves in my encouraging words and um, be encouraged that they have something to contribute, something of meaning that they can share with the world. And I just think that's a beautiful reason to write, uh, whether it's fiction or whether it's nonfiction, I, I want people to, to come away uh, feeling empowered to go out and, and make a difference. The second question of the big five is what convinced you that you're a writer? Um, I, I would trace it back to eighth grade. Uh, I went to Shiloh Middle School in Snowville, Georgia. Uh, and in eighth grade, we have a liter they had a literary magazine called The Spartan. And um, as a kid, I was more known for my art. Uh, I was, a, again, I was a cartoonist, comic book uh, artist. And so the literary magazine had a cover competition every year to see who could draw the best cover. And so I uh, entered for that um, and my cover won and it was of a, believe it or not, a Greek Spartan um, standing on a hillside with a castle or ruins in the back and um, I think a Pegasus flying through the sky. Uh, but I had written a poem in eighth grade for an English assignment that was called The Unicorn and I don't remember a single word from the poem. But I remember my eighth grade teacher going, this is really a remarkable poem. You should submit this for the literary magazine. And uh, I had never done anything like that before. I'd never tried anything like that before. But she was a very encouraging teacher and I thought, all right, let's, well, we'll give it a shot. So I submitted and the poem was selected. So they asked me to draw a unicorn to kind of go with the poem. So my poem and the drawing both made it in the literary magazine. Uh, and when the magazine came out, people were really stoked. Oh, you got the cover. It's really cool. This is amazing. Great work, yada, yada. But what really surprised me was that my peers started coming back and going, your poem is really good. Like This is a really good poem. Um, and so that was the first thing that really convinced me that I could write. And then when I got into high school and, you know, you're going through the motions of just standard high school English classes, you're not really doing necessarily the most creative work in the world. Uh, but I started noticing that my peers were noticing my grades. They're like, oh, naturally you got an A. You're the best writer in the class. Oh, of course, there's another 90 something for Jason because he's a great writer. So by the time I finished high school, my peers had... Uh, in a mocking way, sort of reinforced that I was really, really good at writing. Um, and then one other thing that happened was when I was at the University of Georgia, uh, where I got my bachelor's degree, my very last class uh, was writing for publication. And I remember the last day of class, I had to turn in my portfolio. There was no final exam. We just had five pieces that we had to turn in. And I turned him in and I remember walking out the door and the professor who had been in class talking to some other students when I dropped my stuff off uh, had broken away from them and had chased me out the door. And he was like, These are, your portfolio is really, really good because we had workshopped them all semester long. And he said, if you'll come back in and just spend an hour with me, I can recommend some changes and it, 
two or three of these I know we could get published. Uh, he had uh, some contacts with uh, publish, uh, a magazine uh, that I'd never heard of uh, growing up where I grew up. Um, and so it just, it didn't ring any bells with me and I didn't think anything of it. Um, you know, later on in life, I would find out that, you know, it turns out the New Yorker would have been a good credit to try for. Uh, but I turned him down because um, I didn't feel strongly that uh, I, I was that good. Um, but it sticks out with me because he chased me down and was like, you could do something with this. But I didn't have a vision for what it could be. Uh, but it stays with me as a reminder that, yeah, I, I really have a, a, an ability here that I have a responsibility to do something with. Um, the third question of the big five, who's your greatest support or mentor as a writer? Um, my earliest inspiration for writing, actually, believe it or not, was a guy named Louis Rousard. He was a Southern humorist and uh, writer. He was a columnist for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And then in the 1980s, he got syndicated uh, all over uh, various papers across America and he started producing books and for a while there he was kind of a, a hot commodity. He was sort of the proto Jeff Foxworthy um, if you were except Lewis didn't set up jokes about you might be a redneck. Lewis just wrote about being a redneck and I remember reading him and reading how he just wrote about his everyday life and thought that he gets paid to just write about his life. That's pretty cool. I'd, I'd like to do that. Um, and so that was sort of the first example or first person that um, mentored me in writing uh, in terms of giving me a vision for uh, what a writing life could be. But my greatest supporter in my writing is actually my wife, Rachel. Uh, she uh, has always believed in my ability to write. Uh, she has always believed in my ability to use words to help people or touch a part of their heart or their mind in a way that made them feel better about themselves. And so she has always been behind me. She still believes that I'm gonna write a great screenplay that'll get turned into a movie that I might get to help produce or direct or star in. Um, you know, she encouraged me to get my children's book published. She's encouraged every one of my self-published books. Uh, every time I submitted for a magazine, she was there every time. Um, I sat down and posted a blog post, you know, she would read it and give me support or give me some uh, critiques uh, in, you know, all of my self-published books, she was behind as well. And so she really is, it, it, I can tell you this much as a writer, having somebody that is in your corner on a daily basis, um, believing in you and encouraging you, there's very few things like it. And if you don't have it, that's okay. Um, you, you, you will find somebody that, that does that for you. Uh, question number four out of the big five is what's the toughest lesson you've learned about writing? Um, uh, it's the less, it's a lesson I learned just by application, but it's the phrase for it comes from my mentor and my friend, Charlie Wetzel. Charlie has been a um, writing partner for, John Maxwell, uh, he's a New York Times bestselling author. He's sold over 30 million copies. Uh, they've written over 80 books together. Um, it's just, it's ridiculous. They've, they've done a lot. Um, and Charlie and John work very well together. And Charlie was my mentor when I first came to the Maxwell company. Um, and 
Charlie said that the first lesson that every writer has to learn is the grind. And that is get up every day and put your butt in the chair and put words on paper. Uh, and that was the single hardest lesson to learn. It's the first lesson you have to learn. And it's the hardest lesson to learn because there's something in us that um, there's either a, a romantic notion that writing spills out in these great inspirational tor tor torrents uh, or there's uh, the, the notion that, you know, you don't have to write every day. You can just set aside certain times and sit down and, and just do the work. And there are, for as many writers as you're going to meet, you're going to find as many writing styles as possible. And believe me, some of them are just outrageous uh, the way some people do it. Uh, but I have found that for most writers, especially beginning writers or aspiring writers, you can't beat just sitting down every day and putting pen to paper or fingers to keyboard. Uh, and it is a grind. It's a, a mental grind because there are days you're going to put down, you know, less than three sentences and you think, oh, that's crap. And you'll read it the next day and it's actually better than you thought. And then there'll be days where you put down five or seven pages and you think it's genius and you read it the next day and it's, it's crap. So um, those are lessons that can only be learned if you're sitting in the chair, if you're doing the hard work, if you're grinding through the day to day of just learning how to write. Um, and I'm actually in the process of finishing up a book uh, that shares the same title as this podcast. It's called Learning to Write. It's uh, a memoir, a manifesto, and a guidebook for aspiring writers. Uh, and the very first two chapters are about filling the chair and filling the page because that's the essential uh, rule of being a writer. If you don't put your butt in a chair, you don't put words on the page, you can't write. Um, and there's all sorts of pithy quotes uh, of... Uh, that writers have. There's um, been several that have a, a derivation of, of this that, you know, most people like the feeling of having written. They don't like the actual writing. Uh, most people want to be celebrated for what they've produced. They don't like the production part of it. And that's, it's understandable because writing is challenging. It's pouring yourself out onto the page. It's hard. Um, it's not easy. I mean, despite the fact that the mechanics of it are fairly simple, um, you know, you sit down and you type words. It's not overly challenging um, physically, but as a mental, spiritual exercise, it's very demanding because one thing people won't tolerate in a writer is insincerity. They won't tolerate a uh, veneer. Um, if you're gonna, if you're going to write, you have to be a hundred percent who you are. Even if you're writing in a persona, even if you're writing in a style that's completely different than the way you are, you've got to be 100% sold out to that persona. It's got to feel genuine, authentic, and lived in. Otherwise, people won't buy it. Um, and especially if you're writing as your own person, uh, if you're writing in your own voice, um, you've got to have your own voice. And you only develop that by sitting in the chair and doing the work. Uh, it took me years to find my voice um, and ironically, I found it by learning to write other people's voices well. Um, and through writing things in other people's voices, because there's a point when you ghostwrite, uh, there comes a point sometimes where you're entrusted to sort of say things that maybe the, the person for whom you're ghosting, maybe they've never said them that way. 
and it becomes your challenge to try and figure out how to put those words into their mouth. Um, and it is amazing uh, to have people affirm your own thoughts, even if they're expressed in someone else's voice and it helps you develop the confidence that, okay, what I have to say resonates and matters too. Um, and so that's probably the, the toughest lesson is just sitting in the chair and doing the work day in, day out. That's what makes you into a writer. Uh, and then the final question of the big five is what do you hope your writing will accomplish? Uh, I sort of have alluded to this with the whole why of, of writing. I want it to reflect back to people what's bringing about them. I want them to read something that I write and see themselves uh, and to be encouraged uh, about who they are. Uh, and then the other purpose of my writing is I want to have pieces out there um, that leave a mark on the world, not just uh, not just in the sense of uh, people are transformed by them, but I want my children to be proud of the work that I've done as a writer. Even if my name's not on a lot of the things that I do, I want them to be able to point to it and say, my dad did that and it made a difference in millions of people or to walk to a bookshelf or go to an Amazon uh, website and be able to see the list of my published books and be like, hey, my dad did that. Uh, and you know, if he can do it, I can do it too. Um, so that's, that's kind of my hope uh, uh, of what my, the legacy of my writing will be. That may change over the years, I don't know. Uh, but that's where I'm at now. Um, so this is the big idea. This will be where I, I ask my fellow writer, uh, what's the one piece of advice you would give to an aspiring writer and why? Um, and my piece of advice is basically the same as the toughest lesson that I learned. Sit your butt in a chair and do the work every day. Um, sit down and write. Doesn't matter what you write. Nobody's going to read it unless you hand it to them. But the purpose of writing is to learn to write, to learn to overcome the challenges. Uh, in the book that I'm uh, trying to wrap up, I start off talking about the chair and the page, but then I give you insight into what I've not only experienced myself, but what some of my fellow writers have told me they've experienced, which are five sort of psychological bullies, five hurdles that you've got to get over in the early days of your writing. Um, things like uh, discomfort, uh, things like overwhelm, um, you know, and, and really wrestling down uh, some of those early doubts because the minute you start getting consistent with your writing habit, the minute you start uh, committing to the task, there's going to be um, what Stephen Pressfield calls resistance, whether it's from your own brain, whether it's uh, the voice of the villain in your head, uh, whether it's, uh, you know, that communal or community voice that maybe you grew up with that told you you could or couldn't do some things, you're going to experience resistance to the work. And you've got to learn to overcome that resistance. You've got to learn how to be stronger. You can't defeat it. You can't make it go away because it's always going to be there because writing is an act of creation and creation always costs the creator. There's always something of you that you're going to be putting into every piece that you write, whether it's a a haiku or whether it's uh, an encyclopedia, you are pouring yourself into the project in ways that you don't even begin to understand. And that resistance is constantly there to push back on you to put to say, 
you can't, you can't, you can't. Um, and it's your responsibility to um, acknowledge the resistance and say, maybe that's true, but I won't know unless I try. So even if the voice tells you you can't, you don't know that that's definitively true unless you at least make the attempt. And most of the time, uh, when you endeavor and you press through, you'll find out, actually, I can't. And that gives you ammunition for the next time you sit down to write and the voice says, oh, you can't. You can say, well, last time I learned I can. So let's see what happens this time. Um, and that is frightfully helpful for an author uh, to be able to combat that resistance in the moment because it's going to show up every day you show up. Um, and that's one of the reasons why a lot of people don't show up every day is if they don't sit down to write, they don't have to battle the resistance. They don't have to um, struggle or strain or stress over what they're going to say and whether or not they're worth, you know, worth worthy enough to say it. Uh, so that's the, the biggest piece of advice that I give to the aspiring writer. Um, sit down and do the work because those early days especially are where you're going to learn the skills that make writing possible. Um, if this were a dialogue with another writer, I'm sure we could go on uh, and, and have a lot more to say, but uh, I'm just trying to give you a flavor of, of what's coming up and give you a, a 50,000 foot overview of who I am. Uh, so we're gonna move on to the connections. Uh, you can find me on social media. I hang out on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, and my handle's the same on both. It's at Jason Muses. So that's at capital J-A-S-O-N, capital M-U-S-E-S, -E at Jason Muses on Twitter and Instagram. Um, I don't have a website right now, not a personal one anyway. The closest thing that I have is thevisionmechanic.wordpress.com. Uh, and that's where if I get a itch to blog, I'll, I'll drop it on there. Um, and then projects that I could promote and where listeners can find them. Uh, I am currently wrapping up uh, the last 20,000 words or so of my book, Learning to Write. Um, I intend to self-publish it. It's going to be on Amazon by the fall. Uh, you can actually go to amazon.com, uh, look for Jason Eric, E-R-I-C, Jason Eric Brooks, uh, and you should be able to find all of my books. And I've got everything from uh, essay collections to short story collections to a uh, very bizarre uh, graphic novel that I did when I was in high school. Uh, you can also find my children's novel, E.J. Lee and the Golden Door. Um, all of that is on Amazon if you look for Jason Eric Brooks or Jason E. Brooks. Um, so that is sort of a preview of the Learning to Write podcast. As I said, I'm going to have guests uh, that I'll bring on every week uh, so that you can just hear a couple of writers um, just talk about the craft, talk about what they love about it and what they have learned along the way. And the goal is to help you with your writing journey, whether you are just getting started, uh, whether you are in that early struggle or whether you've been doing it for years and maybe have lost your passion for it and need to reignite it. That's what this is all about because you never stop learning to write. I don't think it's a craft you can 100% master. Uh, and so there's always a way that uh, each of us who have a passion for writing 
can continue to get better. So that's the Learning to Write podcast. Um, We will be back with another episode next week. And until then, uh, hit me up on Twitter or Instagram at Jason Muses. Let me know what you think. We'll talk to you next week.